This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. And I am your host, John Rush, Rush to Reason, KLZ. With us today, also Steve House, Dr. Kelly, how are you today? Hey, I'm well. Thanks for having me as always, John. Always a joy. We missed you last week, but Steve, you were with me and we had a good time. So we are not Dr. Kelly, though, not by any stretch of the imagination. We we had a good time. Yeah, we we uh, we left some things uncovered, but that's okay. That's what you're here for, Doctor Kelly. So uh, you know, you just sent me a movie, by the way, that I did not have a chance to look at before we came on air. Can you tell me what that was? Yeah, it's actually uh, an interesting uh, clip that I just saw of a uh, of a nurse, an emergency um, department nurse, testifying. Uh, in front of Congress uh, with regard to a 10-year-old uh, patient who came in with an acute heart attack uh, following vaccination. And she was talking about uh, the fact that the, the physician, the emergency physician, didn't even want to get an EKG when the child came in with chest pain uh, because he said to her, you know, uh, you know, 10-year-old children don't have heart attacks. You know, the 10-year-olds, just, that just doesn't happen. So the, this isn't a cardiac issue. He's having anxiety. Uh, this is a panic attack, those sorts of things. And sure enough, um, she's testifying this child was having a massive heart attack. Uh, and it really, again, we cannot say with certainty that any individual case of, uh, of an adverse event, be it cardiac or neurologic, whatever, is attributable to the vaccines. But it is, you know, from a uh, an epidemiologic standpoint, there is no question we are mm-hmm. seeing these really bizarre things happening. There's a huge uptick in the incidence of certain conditions, uh, and we I'm hoping we're going to talk, you know, during the show about a number of the studies that have come out recently, including the big one from Thailand, showing a a really terrifying uh, rate of cardiac issues happening in children following these COVID vaccinations. Oh, we definitely will get to that. Steve, do you want to chime in on that as well? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how long I'm going to be surprised by seeing videos from Mark Crispin Miller, others, uh, people dying on the air instantly in the middle of a presentation. I mean, I know it happens in real life and people have heart attacks, but it's happening so often with so many young people. It just, it's freaking me out this week. I've seen so many videos of people just dropping dead. It's unreal. Well, and to your point, Steve, has has that happened in the past? I mean, yeah, but it was the rarity for it to happen. And I mean, you know, Dr. Kelly, you would know the stats better than I. You know, it had to have been like, you know, one in a million sort of a thing where now 
we're just seeing it more and more. And by the way, these are the things that we know about that people are putting back out there that we can see. How, how many of these things do we not know about? Yeah, and the, the thing I would tell you that is different is, you, you know, you use the phrase, Steve, uh, dropping dead. You know, that's a phrase that we use all the time, but we don't generally mean it literally, mm-hmm. uh, dropping dead. You know, generally people will clutch their chest, have difficulty breathing, they're dizzy, they sit down, uh, or they slump to the floor trying to grab onto something as they lose consciousness, whatever. These are very different. These are incidences of people doing like a face plant. I mean, literally dropping dead. You know, they're walking down the street and they drop dead or they are out on the playing field, whether it's a soccer field or the tennis court or whatever, and they literally drop dead, which is means these are not people, and I've said this over and over again, who are dying from myocarditis itself or dying from, they are dying and most likely from a fatal cardiac dysrhythmia, meaning a rhythm issue. Their heart starts beating erratically or stops beating entirely, and they simply are done. Uh, and and that, that is why, unfortunately, there is no... Uh, no evidence of this on autopsy because there isn't evidence on autopsy of a cardiac dysrhythmia. Uh, it's very different from having, quote, a heart attack where you develop a blood clot and a part of the heart muscle dies or is scarred down or whatever. Um, and there's no question we are seeing this in an unprecedented way. Uh, you know, just the one of the ambassadors, the ambassador of Saudi Arabia just, you know, did the same killed over the other day, again, in the middle of a conversation. You know, I, we, I've told you about a number of surgeons who have fallen dead in the middle of the operating room. Hmm. I mean, hmm. just, you know, so th- th- there's something that is absolutely unprecedented. Uh, and there are a number of studies, I, you know, that have come out recently that give us some glimpse into the you know, what is it about these shots that is causing that? Um, but the reality is it is happening, and it's very alarming that the organizations whose job it is to research these things and to do the deep dive, uh, that, that organization would mm-hmm. be the CDC, mm-hmm. it's their job, has absolutely been silent on this. Well, I was just going to ask you, and, and, and Steve, I'll, I'll have you chime in on this first. Is there, I mean, outside of us and and of course you guys you know is there any organization putting these things together at least trying to do it you know a deeper dive i also read an article here this past week not sent by you guys if somebody else sent me this one of the listeners where the funeral home business is on a sharp increase in the past you know 12 to 18 months that it hasn't seen in recent past steve i'm sure you saw the same thing but is anybody out there putting these things together the vaccine shot and some of what dr kelly just talked about well, I, I think there is. I mean, the, the funeral home industry is one of them, but the life insurance industry is, you know, preparing lawsuits against the vaccine manufacturers. I'm not sure how successful they'll be, but, you know, if you can think about it, is any business affected by people's lives, you know, whether they live or die or they're injured, so health insurance, life insurance, funeral homes, um, healthcare in general, there's all kinds of issues. But what's also interesting, John, is how many people there are worldwide who are recording these seizures and drop drop dead scenarios and everything else. I mean, it's just incredible how many people are going through terrible reactions to the vaccines and how many people are recording it and putting it online. In fact, I've seen a lot of it on Twitter. I tell you, I don't know how this stuff's staying on Twitter because Twitter would have dumped, yeah, dumped great all question. of this stuff off the floor. Great question. 
that's been there. Well, yeah, I, I certainly have been there. I think, you know, Twitter is, you know, give, give them, you know, cut them some slack. They're censoring as quickly as they can, Steve. Um, you know, yeah, they're, there you go. They're, they're doing their, yeah, yeah, they're, they're censoring as quickly as possible. Uh, but, uh, there's, this is new. There, yes, there are groups trying to put it together. Uh, there are many, many groups keeping track of all of these cases. There are lots of groups putting together class action lawsuits. Uh, on behalf of people who have been vaccine injured, uh, I don't know if you heard, you know, Steve Kirsch, uh, you know, has been very vocal. Steve Kirsch, if you don't know him, is an entrepreneur and a philanthropist. Um, he was a huge, huge donor previously to the Democrat Party, um, and he has abandoned the Democrat Party. And when asked why the other night uh, on air, he said, because they have lied to us. He believes that Hundreds of, of millions of people have been harmed by these vaccines and that hundreds of thousands of Americans have likely died from them or will die from them. Uh, I agree with him that, that this is the most dangerous vaccine that has ever been created. Uh, and it is hard to imagine how they are justifying uh, the continued not only push for it, but the fact that, you know, as of this week, the Coast Guard's about to you know, jettison, uh, discharge, you know, many, many thousands of enlisted people who have refused to get vaccinated. So here we are in August of 2022. We have a vaccine that is absolutely useless against the current strains. It is a safety profile that is absolutely terrifying. Uh, and yet they are continuing to do things like mandate that people get these vaccines uh, or, or lose your job and, you know, get kicked out of the military. Wow. I mean, between all of that, and I know this isn't the hour to talk about it, but with what happened at, at Trump's personal residence and the raid there this week, I mean, you have to wonder, you know, Steve, what, what country are we now living in? I mean, all of this that's gone on, we've been talking about it now for the past, you know, year plus. But then you start, you know, you start adding on to what we've talked about, what happened this week, and you just wonder where are we headed? Well, I, I still think that there's a, a fair amount of distraction going on. I mean, people are trying to distract us from seeing what's really happening. And um, I think, you know, people ask me all the time, I talk to intelligent healthcare people, and they say, why don't Americans see this? Are they really, I mean, the government's saying and doing things that would lead you to believe they don't believe that Americans care. And the answer is because a whole bunch of people don't pay attention to it. They don't. Mm, good They're point. trying to live their life every day, go to work, pay $4 a gallon for gas and survive it. So there is all kinds of distractions. John. What happened at Mar-a-Lago, something's going to have to be answered for that. But I wouldn't discount the idea that it's trying to change the narrative continuously mm. because of the problems they have. I agree. All right. We'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Questions for Dr. Kelly Victory or Steve House, please text us 307 200 8222. Again, 307 200 8222. And we'll get those answered as soon as we come back. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Don't forget to ask about the Quiet Cool System. It's $300 off right now. And the best way to find them is just go to klzradio.com or the uh, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Phone number directly for the KLZ listeners, our listeners, you guys that are listening, 720-526-0231. Think about what you have at home right now that could be damaged in a surge. The average home is exposed to thousands of electrical surges every day. Protect yourself from a potentially harmful electrical surge with absolute electrical heating and air today. 
Most of these surges are harmless, but without the proper surge protection, you face permanent damage to major electrical components. Anything plugged in without internal surge protection is at risk, including your refrigerator, furnace, air conditioning, or dishwasher. Safeguard your assets with surge protection installed by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Newer appliances usually contain computer chips that are more expensive to replace than to protect. At that point, considering the current chip shortage and wait times, you might as well buy the appliance again. Avoid potential loss. Get a whole home surge protector installed by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. 720-526-0231 or visit klzradio.com. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Give Kurt a call today. Interest rates are down from where they've been, and there's always deals out there, folks. You just got to keep looking. Again, 720-895-0500. With rates on the rise, how do you get the best rate? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Did you know that when you get cash out or your FICO score is below a 740, or you're financing a condo versus a single-family home, it will cost you more in rate and fees. Many lenders are charging more. Stop paying it. At Affordable Interest Mortgage, we have lenders that don't charge. Trying to purchase a second home, or is your loan amount considered a high balance or jumbo? There they go again, charging you more. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Let us show you a loan that doesn't charge more. Seeing a low rate, but not reading the small print, only to realize all the extra costs and fees, Again, stop. Call 720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. Quit paying fees and closing costs that are unnecessary. Get a low rate without all the extra cost. Let us show you how to save thousands. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. 720-895-0500. Serving Coloradans for over 20 years. NMLS 298-191. Regulated by DORA. No liberal media bias here. This is Rush to Reason. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Again, Dr. Kelly Victory, Steve House with us today. If you've got a question for either one of them, 307-200-8222. Dr. Kelly, and uh, this is something even Charlie and I have been kind of wondering. We've had a few different guests on talking about monkeypox, and I think I pretty well understand what's going on with it. But for those that may be listening to us today and didn't hear some of those other interviews, when is somebody with monkeypox contagious? Well, monkeypox is is contagious or is contracted through direct skin-to-skin contact with those pox lesions. So as long as you have lesions, just like with chickenpox, as long as the individual has lesions that are open, they are potentially shedding virus and are contagious. So it's really about the sores. It's very obvious. They okay. are not subtle. Okay. Uh, once, once the person gets, you know, does not have open sores, then they are no longer contagious. This is a direct skin-to-skin contact from one individual who has the sores to somebody who, with it. And it has to be, frankly, even you know, open skin. Um, uh, so it, it is contagious, but is direct. There's nothing about wearing masks or right. social distancing. You know it, 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 that that's going to help you. Uh, it, this is direct skin to skin contact. And even with that, the reality is this: as of today, despite all of this hype, 95 percent of the people who have monkeypox identify as male. 
87% of them identify as homosexual or transsexual, and of note, 12% of the people chose not to answer that question, so you can come to your own conclusion. The reality is this is not a virus that most people are at significant risk from unless they are in that group, which is largely men who are having sex with other men or people who are in direct physical contact with those individuals. Okay. In fact, that one, Steve, you and I covered a little bit last week, and I think we were pretty much spot on. Yeah, although we didn't feel comfortable talking about it that way. Kelly's better at it because she's <laughs> clinical. <I guess. laughs> exactly. But we, well, we got the answer well, right. You know, so. it, but, but this is, and, and this is, you are exactly right, Steve. The problem is this. People are afraid to say it for fear of being labeled a homophobe or mm-hmm. a whatever phobe. The reality is this. We have got to disarticulate politics and political correctness from medicine. You know, I don't do anybody any good, and I certainly don't help to protect the at-risk community by acting as if, well, let's not talk about homosexuality or men having sex with men because, you know, that, that would be you know, somehow discriminatory. No, it's the reality. I don't talk to my female patients about prostate cancer either, people, because they aren't at risk for it. So the reality is there is no place for political correctness or, or politics in medicine. We've got to call it like it is. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I Go completely ahead, agree with that, and I think that's true for all the stuff we've talked about with COVID as well. There's been so much of it that's been politically correct. It's just not worth our time. Agree. Agree. Exactly. Uh, no, very, yeah. very, no, that, that, and again, we, I think we, we handled it pretty well last week. I can't, I can't, I can't complain, Steve. I think we did a pretty good job on that. Right, here's a question that came in, Dr. Kelly. Friend got, the shot and boosted, got COVID last Friday, took the test yesterday, tested positive, which, again, we've talked about that in the past. But what is the guidelines for testing after a positive test? And could they find that specifically on the CDC website? Well, the, the, you know, the, let's get into two different things. The, the CDC would have you test, you know, ad infinitum. They would have you test every day for the rest of your life. From a clinical perspective, it makes absolutely no sense. Once people are asymptomatic, meaning you don't have sniffles, you're not coughing, you don't have a runny nose, you're not contagious. So it doesn't matter what the test says. The test can continue to be, quote, positive, uh, despite the fact that you are not contagious, you don't have any meaningful virus in your nose and throat, you aren't capable of transmitting it to other people. So the guidelines should be that you absolutely should not be testing anyone who doesn't have symptoms. And if you still have symptoms, you can assume you're still contagious. So this testing really has taken on an entirely, you know, something we have never before seen in medicine, the idea of testing asymptomatic people. Once your symptoms are gone, you're not contagious. Okay. And again, we've talked about that one. Uh, you know, quite a bit in the past. But again, you, you can tell we've got different people that listen on a weekly basis. So that's why we continue to cover these things, you know, over and over again. I learned early on in radio, by the way, on my other Saturday show that when you guys and I, you know, in other words, when the three of us are, are really tired of talking about a subject, you know, frankly, at that point in time, the audience has finally understood what's going on. So I hate to say we'll keep repeating some of these things over and over again, because that's what it takes to get get that information out to everyone. So, uh, in other words, folks, the, I guess Kelly, give every when it comes to testing in general. Let, let's re, let's you know cover that one again really quick if we can. When 
Or should someone get tested for COVID at this point in time with Omicron? Should we even bother getting tested? No, and I think that that's the great question. There's a sort of a, you know, a, a rule in medicine that you should never do a test, the results of which will not change your actions. Uh, and, and this is one of those. So I would say to people, why did you get tested? Well, because I want to know. You, you want to know why? Is it going to change the medications you take? No. If you've got a fever, you'll, you'll take Tylenol or ibuprofen. If you've got a cough, you take cough medicine. If you've got a runny nose, you take an antihistamine. If you're congested, you take a decongestant. The medications are identical whether you have COVID um, at this point in the ballgame with these variants. Uh, these are not severe. So the, the medications you're going to take are exactly the same, whether mm -hmm. it's a common cold, influenza, or COVID. Furthermore, I assume that your behavior would be the same. Would you go to work or to the birthday party or whatever it is if you had those same symptoms and it was, quote, just a cold? If the answer is yes, then it shouldn't be any different if it's COVID, okay? So, you know, whether or not you stay home from work, whether or not you would limit your interactions with other people are identical or should be identical. COVID is no different than that. Yeah, if you would stay home from the party because you've got a runny nose, well, well, then it doesn't matter if you know if you have COVID. So I think that the idea of testing at all uh, is absolutely been hyped up. To, you know, we're at a fevered pitch with this. And people are getting tested over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it's meaningless. Steve, you'll like the answer that the uh, listener gave us back. It's because this individual continues to listen to NPR and feels the need to keep getting tested. Steve, that really is part of the problem <laughs> we have. Well, certainly. There's lots of people who are advocating testing at this point. Um, you know, it's like testing and then five days of quarantine because the president did it. I just don't see the value of it at this point. Like Kelly said, if you can't practice traditional medicine that works very well, that says if you aren't going to change what you do based on mm -hmm. what the outcome of the test is, don't waste the money on the test. Yep. All right, one more. Sense. Another question, Dr. Kelly. Father-in-law got COVID at the end of 2020. Lost taste and smell at that time. His taste has returned, but almost everything tastes bad. Have you heard of this? And are there any suggestions on how to get back to normal? Yes. It's, it's uh, you know, um, it's unusual for those symptoms to last. Okay. Most people are fortunate enough that they resolve. It's a very disconcerting sensation to either have lost your sense of taste or smell or to have it return and have it be, quote, off. Yes, I have heard quite a few cases, uh, you know, anecdotally, that where people are saying certain things just don't taste right. The best thing you can do, the great news is uh, that this is really related to the olfactory nerve. It really has to do with your smell uh, rather than this isn't an issue with taste buds. It's an issue with your olfactory nerve. And fortunately, the olfactory nerve is the one cranial nerve that can regenerate. It can repair itself, even though in some people it can take a long time. The one thing we do know that has helped that those sensations to return is increasing zinc intake, supplemental zinc, if he's not already doing it. And maybe some people were doing it early on in the pandemic, but then have stopped now that um, the, the variants are so mild. But if you're having that ongoing issue with loss of sense of taste or smell or an abnormality with it, then supplementing zinc on a daily basis for a period of time may be very helpful. Along those lines, and this is my question, I got a, a, 
article sent in from a listener the other day, which they were not trying to say this was accurate. They think they were just sending me the article to give me the information. And uh, I was going to talk about it last week, but then you weren't with us, Dr. Kelly. But there was a article sent to me by, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but there's some folks out there running around, some folks that are even writing some articles talking about how we should now stop. In fact, all along, people shouldn't have been taking vitamin D. They should have been taking vitamin C. They should have been taking vitamin E. The, the reality is we all have far too much of it now in our systems, and we need to stop this madness of taking vitamin D. I know that's not correct, but how do, how do we respond to somebody where those articles are out there floating around? It's not correct, and it's very easy to check your vitamin D levels as a simple blood test. Uh, we know that people whose vitamin D levels were in the target range, meaning oh, at least over 50 uh, nanograms per milliliter, have had a far milder uh, case of COVID if they got it at all. It's quite protective. We also know that vitamin D uh, deficiency is absolutely so profound in the United States um, upwards of 80% of African Americans are vitamin D deficient, 50% of Latinos, and more than 30% of Caucasians are vitamin D deficient. Now, where these people are correct is that you are, you could potentially, you can overdose on vitamin D. The fat soluble vitamins, vitamins K, A, D, and E, uh, dissolve in your fat deposits in your body. So you can overdose on those. That is in contradistinction to something like vitamin C. You can't overdose on vitamin C. If you took mega, if you ate the entire bottle, you will simply urinate out the excess. So you can't overdose on vitamin B or vitamin C. But K, A, D, and E, you can. That said, again, there's vitamin D deficiency is so pronounced in this country and i have in my entire career entire career i have never seen someone with vitamin d toxicity meaning mm. that they have taken too much um okay. so the doses that we are recommending that people supplement you know somewhere in the range of you know three thousand to six thousand i use a day is not going to get people into an overdose situation although it is theoretically possible if okay. you took just massive doses Charlie sent me an article the other day. Again, this is he and I's question more than listeners, but I think you know most people will enjoy you know, hearing an answer on this. And there's these, these uh, articles running around and studies on the one-fifth vaccine. Basically, they put it into the skin versus doing it in a normal you know, dosage like you normally would with a regular vaccine. Can you, Dr. Kelly, explain what that is, and is there any truth to that? I mean, is there any validity to that at all? No, I, I, I'm unaware of this. Are you talking specifically with the COVID vaccine? John? No, for the monkeypox. Sorry, I, I should have said that. I'm oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, my, my bad. Oh, that for oh, the monkeypox. Okay. okay. Well, well, monkeypox. I can tell you, um, you know, the monkeypox vaccines, um, you know, remarkably, sort of coincidentally, uh, you know, just got approved for emergency use back in 2019. Right. Um, you know, monkeypox has been around for a long time, and the monkeypox vaccine has been around for 20 years, hadn't been approved for, for any type of use until remarkably, uh, you know, just two years ago. Uh, it's a vaccine that's very problematic. It's got a lot of nasty side effects. 
So I don't see any reason that the average individual should be getting vaccinated for it. Hmm. Frankly, you know, monkeypox, again, isn't a new virus, by right. the way. Right. It's not COVID-19. It's not a novel virus. We've, we've known about it since the 1970s. We've had periodic outbreaks in people since the mid-1980s. The last significant outbreak in the United States was in 2003. Uh, it, interestingly, the same year that we had the last outbreak of SARS, of SARS-CoV-1, the, you know, before SARS-CoV-2. Uh, so we had an outbreak in 2003 that nobody even talked about. The reality is if we would stop the at-risk behaviors, meaning if the people in the at-risk community would refrain for a relatively short period of time, intimate sexual contact, uh, say for two to three weeks, we would likely wipe out the current uh, monkeypox mm. outbreak that's happening, and there would be no reason for anyone to be rushing out and getting uh, a, a, you know, a, a vaccine that has a not a very favorable safety profile. All right, and I know this one again. You, I, Steve, have covered numerous times. I want you to comment on it, Kelly, and then Steve, you can chime in as well. But after being vaccinated with the mRNA. Vaccine, of course, and, and I know for everybody listening, yes, don't don't correct me. We're calling it a vaccine, even though it's a different technology than a typical vaccine. I get that. But after being vaccinated, does a spike protein stay in your body forever? After uh, hearing about possible long-term complications, I know the answer. I already responded, but Dr. Kelly, I want you to explain this to everybody else. Again, these are things we keep talking about, but there are folks out there still having questions, as you can tell. Yes, and I think that this is, you know, when I summarize the three main uh, lies, and I will call them lies because it's clear now from documents that the vaccine manufacturers and the FDA were aware of all of these things before the vaccines were launched. The top three of the lies, and that's a long list to choose from, the top three is that, number one, that the vaccine mRNA would stay in your deltoid muscle, in the arm where it was injected, uh, and it wouldn't go anywhere else. You would just develop the antibodies from you know the site in your arm. That is not true, and they knew it. It goes, in fact, to every major organ system within a matter of hours, to the, to the brain, the lungs, the heart, the kidney, the colon, the spleen, and alarmingly, 11% of it ended up in the, uh, ends up in the reproductive organs, the testes and the ovaries. Number two, we were told and are still being told as of this day on the CDC website, that the mRNA is very quickly eliminated from your body. The CDC website says within several days. They knew that that wasn't true. They knew that it lasts in upwards of 30 days in most people and longer than 60 days in many people. And then thirdly, we were told that don't worry, this mRNA cannot and will not affect your DNA right. because it doesn't work that way. And we have a huge uh, you know, study out of Sweden showing that, in fact, it is not only affects your DNA, but it is reverse transcribed into the DNA of cells in a matter of six hours in liver cells. So the, this is a long and relatively technical answer to the question. No, no, no it's, very, it's a very good answer, very good answer. And, 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 and the answer is, we, number, we don't know. There is no off switch. And if it is, in fact, incorporated into the DNA, then it lasts in perpetuity. Uh, it, is, it, it will have changed your DNA, and you will there is no off switch, and they don't know how long you will continue to produce these toxic spike. 
proteins that that's what the mRNA, you know, to be clear, directs your body to do. It is the blueprint. It's the roadmap that says start cranking out these spike proteins and there's no off switch. And Steve, you know, again, comment on that. I've got some things I would like to add as well, but go ahead, Steve, you add something to that as well. Well, I mean, she's given us the technical and clinical point of view of it. I think the the other issue is the the, the long term culpability, uh, how it plays out. You know, I mean, because people are going to get sick, and someday. I mean, we're seeing. I didn't think we'd have as much information as we do today on vaccine problems and errors and deaths and and things. I think it's going to come back out into the public much faster than I expected. And when it does, then there's going to be political, legal, and financial consequences that are going to be a big part of it. The fact that that spike protein lives on and it doesn't really give you the kind of natural immunity you get when you have the vaccine or the virus itself it's clearly going to be debated for years to come john but i don't think there's any question about what it is and what happens to it and for those that i guess i know it's sensitive dr kelly because we you know I, I think folks have gotten especially the you know the double shot the booster and so on and i've talked to some of these individuals specifically and they're very uh, how should I say, Dr. Kelly, nervous about the fact that they got it. I think maybe some of them felt pressured into doing it, so they did. And they're now wondering, okay, what's next? And I guess the question I have, Dr. Kelly, I mean, I, I haven't gotten it, you haven't gotten it, Steve, you haven't gotten it, but there's a lot of folks out there listening that because of various things, even family members, in a way, you know, pushing them to do so. Steve, you know some folks like this as well. I do as well. Dr. Kelly, what do you tell those folks that have gotten it now? And I know it's not, it's not universal. Not everybody's going to have some of the side effects we've talked about with even, you know, people dropping dead. And I know it's not universal, but what do you tell folks to try to help them with some of their nervousness they may have that they've now gotten something they wish they hadn't of. Well, as you, as you said, you know, there's there's no way to unvaccinate. Hey, you can't undo it. It's no, done. It's uh, a done deal. At, at this point, now that said, I would not be surprised, given how widespread this problem is, given the millions and billions of people around the globe who have received these things and the uh, fallout, which is tremendous. I would not be surprised if, if scientists, you know, far smarter than I, um, work on developing something that would uh, counteract or allow you to to uh, counteract that mRNA or, or somehow um, render it, uh, okay. you know. Okay, and really quick, along those lines, another question, yeah, so another question just came in, uh, Dr. Kelly, that you could answer all at the same time. What does reverse transcribe on the DNA mean? Well, it, it, that, it's too complicated to cover. It, what it means is that yeah, is layman's that the terms. mRNA gets, <laughs> yeah, the mRNA then gets gets incorporated rather than gets incorporated into the DNA, so that your DNA then the messenger RNA normally degrades very quickly. That's one of the problems with it. One of the reasons we haven't been successful making a good vaccine with it is that it degrades very quickly and normally is eliminated from the body quickly. For whatever reason, this mRNA appears to not do that, and it actually becomes incorporated into the permanent record, if you will, of which is the DNA. Uh, it, gets, it, it gets encoded into the permanent record of what your body is going to do. Um, so, you know, number one, it is possible that they will work on some way to degrade this mRNA or get it, render it uh, harmless in your body. Um, I also recommend that people not waste a lot of time worrying about what might happen yep. and spend more of their time really focusing on everything they can do to be healthy otherwise and enhance the functioning of their immune system. If you're overweight, this is the time to lose it. 
If you're not eating a healthy diet regularly, this is the time to get that you know, sorted out. If you're not exercising regularly, managing your stress, getting adequate sleep, uh, this is the time you know, to not be putting additional stress on your body. And there are people, uh, that, thirdly, who are working on protocols to help people not only with long COVID, but also with some of these vaccine-related events. Okay. One last question, and we'll try to make this one uh, brief. We'll take a break, come back, and I do want to talk about some of the other things that you brought up earlier, Dr. Kelly, so we'll get to that. But how long does vitamin D stay in the body? For example, is it necessary and best to take these supplements daily? What about exposure to the sun to get natural vitamin D? By the way, great question. I don't know if you've ever mentioned this. I mean, how, you know, does someone need to take it daily, or if you spend quite a bit of time outside in the sun, do you need to take it? Well, great questions. And again, there is obviously individual, you know, variation person to person. Um, You know, so many people wear sunscreen and so many of our products now, everything from, you know, facial moisturizers to makeup contain sunscreen that a lot of people aren't getting the amount of sun exposure that they thought. Furthermore, we know that vitamin D levels that we previously called, quote, normal or ideal, probably were too low um, to actually give you the the effect. Um, Vitamin D, as I said previously, is dissolved in your fat. So it is because it's fat-soluble, K, A, D, and E are fat-soluble, those things stay in your body longer. I recommend that people take vitamin D on a daily basis, but you could do it, you know, once a week or something of that sort. The best way to know exactly where you are is to go and get a blood test. Go and ask your doctor to have your vitamin D level checked. Uh, and then, you know, you can get it checked regularly. You know, when I say regularly, there's no reason to check it more than once a year. Um, but I generally recommend that people do follow what their vitamin D levels are. Vitamin D isn't just, by the way, protective against covid uh, you know, one of it's clear that one of the reasons that African-Americans have higher incidence of certain cancers, specifically colon cancer and prostate cancer, is related to that vitamin D deficiency. So uh, getting your vitamin D levels up to the ideal or optimal levels isn't just protective against COVID. It's protective against a lot of other disease processes, including cancers. All right. We'll take John, Go ahead, John. Steve. Go ahead. No, jump in. Go ahead. One quick thing. Personally, I started taking vitamin D a number of years ago when I was studying aging. Just so you know, I take 10,000 units a day, every single day. I could take it weekly, but I take it every day. Um, I saw my vitamin D go from 49 to 64 um, by making that Perfect. change from two or, two or 5,000 units. And my consistently, my PSA scores have gone down to the point where I had a lab test a week ago. PSA is not end-all, be-all for prostate, but mine's 1.21. Mm. And it's, I'm 60, over 60 years old, and it's been going down for the last five years. I think vitamin D for that alone is why I take it. Okay, great answer. Exactly. That's yep. what I said. It's protective for more than just, than just COVID. All right, we'll be right back. Keep texting us, folks, 307-200-8222. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next. All your plumbing needs, one-stop shopping. And if you're looking for a job, they're looking for help as well. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. You thought having a kitchen next to your garden was a fantasy. That was until you had help installing it from the experts at High Five Plumbing. They took care of your outdoor kitchen sinks and an irrigation system for your garden. You even added a new fountain so your backyard looks and feels picture perfect. All thanks to the behind-the-scenes work from the High Five techs. You thought about trying to do the install, but you're inexperienced. 
And with the amount you already invested in the project, it would be a risky and unnecessary hassle. Besides, with expert plumbers who attend trainings weekly, you feel confident knowing you will be treated right and the work will be done correctly. The last step to finish your new outdoor oasis is only a call away with outdoor plumbing services from High Five. Don't miss out on the waived dispatch fee for KLZ listeners only. Call 877-934-4445 or 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. Golden Eagle Financial, Al Smith wants to help you not only, so we're talking about your health he wants to help you out financially and make sure that you're solid as you go into retirement and you get there, by the way. KLZRadio.com, 303-744-1128. Inflation affects everyone differently. It seems strange because everyone is spending more money in certain categories. Al Smith with Golden Eagle Financial explains that your situation is unique and that just because prices are inflated doesn't mean inflation affects you the same way it affects everyone else. You can live with inflation as you have before by combining trips, staying local, or being frugal. But since inflation affects you uniquely, you should personalize your financial plan. Al Smith knows that it's the big picture planning that matters the most when the market is down. He can help you make financial moves that, unless you're a financial planner, you wouldn't think of, like maximizing your 401k in a market downturn. Create a strategy with Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial and enjoy the comfort of understanding how financial circumstances like inflation, affect your personal financial situation. Visit klzradio.com slash money or call Al Smith at 303-744-1128. That's 303-744-1128. This is Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. And and by the way, everybody, Dr. Kelly Victory with us. You can find her on our website, just go to RushToReason.com. She's got a whole page dedicated there. Lots of links and things there that help you guys out as well. Steve, you don't have your own. You don't have your own page on our site. Sorry, man. I don't need pages on social media, John. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Kelly, though I do, I appreciate all that you've done for us, and we keep getting just and Steve, you as well. We get many, many comments from listeners thanking, thanking you guys about that. By the way, you'll you'll find this interesting, Doctor Kelly, Steve as well. At the car show a couple weeks ago, we did a remote, so we're out and we're doing the car show, and you know people come by, and that's the whole idea of being out and about, and you know listeners stop by and say hi and so on. So, Dr. Kelly, you really enjoy this. We had one listener, and if you're listening, by the way, thank you, thank you for stopping by and giving us this story. But he was had insomnia one night, Dr. Kelly, so he's thumbing through the radio and he catches us on a Thursday. It's you, I, and Steve, and he said, you know, I found you guys, and it was it's two in the morning, by the way. So two in the morning, he's listening to us. And he said, I was so fascinated, I was up till 4 a.m. listening to you guys, researching, (laughs) went to the website, did all these things. He is now a very daily, avid listener, all because of the information we give out on this first hour on Thursday. So, Dr. Kelly, you know, thank you. And and he has learned a ton, has been passing it around, so that's how this works. Well, that's that's great. I, I love to hear that feedback. I think that one of the things that's been so tragic for folks during this pandemic is because so many um, voices of common sense have been silenced and because so many physicians have been uh, really, frankly, cowards about it and haven't been willing to speak up, uh, the average individual has been hard-pressed to get access to the kind of information that they need to make well-reasoned, thoughtful decisions for themselves and their families. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, really, re- it's not only really dangerous, it's tragic. 
Um, so insofar as I'm able to provide some of this information to people on a regular basis, uh, I'm more than happy to do it. All right. I know first you wanted to talk about, make sure I get this in before we run out of time, the Thailand study. Let's talk about that really quick before we run out of time. Yeah, the, the important, this is just a study that came out this week. Um, and the thing that's important about this study, uh, John, is that it's a prospective study. They, they had 301 patients between the ages of 13 and 18. They did exhaustive, really extensive cardiac workups on these kids prior to vaccination. So it puts to bed all the questions of, you know, each time somebody has myocarditis or pericarditis or some kind of heart issue um, following vaccine, people say, well, how do you know it wasn't a result of them actually having had COVID or being exposed to COVID? How can you blame it on the vaccine? Well, this study at least puts that to bed. These kids had extensive cardiac workups prior to vaccination, and then again, cardiac workups following vaccination. Here's the terrifying part. 18% of these kids ended up with EKG abnormalities following vaccination. One out of five. They didn't have it beforehand. One out of five had EKG abnormalities. 3.5% of them ended up with myocarditis you know, following vaccination. They didn't have it beforehand, and we proved it. Overall, almost 30%, 29.24% of these 301 kids developed some type of cardiovascular effect that they didn't have beforehand after vaccination. Wow. I'm not shocked. Steve, do you want to chime in on that? Um, I was shocked. I mean, I was shocked at the 29% number. I was shocked at the fact that there's just so much impact. I mean, I don't know how anyone in the world, I mean, in theory, Kelly, if the CDC read this, if someone at the FDA read this study, um, there should be an emergency meeting. I mean, absolutely should be an emergency meeting right away saying, okay, look, let's call the guys in Taiwan and figure out what really happened because those numbers are absolutely alarming. I mean, they're so incredibly bad for the young generation that they're affecting. Why is there no emergency conversation? Why is there no crisis over this? Because it came from Taiwan. Are they any different than we are in how we react to vaccines? I don't think so. I'm just shocked that there has been no serious news play on this story. Well, that I'm shocked at. The results, I guess, is what I'm saying. I'm not shocked at, Steve. Yeah, no, the the results are really shocking. I mean, it's such, the numbers are terrible young people. They should never have been given nope. the vaccine. Well, but, you know, and the reason why I'm not shocked is because, frankly, you, I, and Kelly talked about all this in the first place. And, you know, why would you ever vaccinate your child, given the fact that, A, there's no proof they work, B, there's more proof that they don't work and have ill effect, and C, they, they don't need it for COVID in the first place? Precisely. And that's, you know, that there's, there's, you know, vaccinology, like many things in medicine, is the proverbial three-legged stool where the legs are safety, efficacy, and necessity. You, all three of those things. These vaccines have a horrible safety record. Their efficacy is essentially zero. And when it comes to necessity, that's based on a risk-benefit calculation, and they have acted as if everyone is at equivalent risk. Mm -hmm. It was one thing back in the fall of 2020, you might have convinced me that an elderly person with obesity and diabetes in a nursing home was at better chance to take this experimental vaccine than risk getting COVID because their risk of dying from COVID was relatively high. It is now... August of 2022, 
The, the variants that are out there are very, very mild. They put almost no one, even people in the, quote, high-risk category, have very, very mild symptoms. Hospitalization rates, death rates have been plummeting. And so the, the risk-benefit calculation, that, that necessity leg of my three-legged stool, mm-hmm. has also gotten shaky for the vast majority of people. This thing is a failure, as Steve said. It should have been pulled off the market well over a year ago. The data are absolutely irrefutable that something's going on. And the CDC, the FDA, the vaccine manufacturers, and anybody, as far as I'm concerned, who's still pushing these in their medical practices is complicit. Agreed. Uh, question just came in along these same lines, by the way. Is there any research that indicates if someone had COVID but no vaccine that their EKG will show abnormalities? Um no, they, they, we, they didn't study that so specific. So there's no way, uh, to, or at least this study did not parse that out. We certainly are seeing anybody who's been vaccinated, whether they had COVID or not, um, it, it is at risk for um, adverse events. There's certainly been some data from the beginning that people who had COVID and then went on and got vaccinated were actually at an even higher risk mm-hmm. for, for adverse events. Um, we, we can't say whether the opposite is true, whether you got vaccinated first uh, and then subsequently developed COVID because the vaccines just don't work, um, whether you're at higher risk in that case for having an adverse event or not. Yep. And uh, again, folks, these are things uh, I should always mention this. I, I tend to forget this, but there's a every single hour that we've had with Dr. Kelly and Steve is on the website. We've cataloged all of those. They're all up. You can go back and listen to them. We, the, those are not, you know, those are not being censored. We haven't taken any of those down. Nothing like that has happened. So if there's anything you want to go back and listen to for, you know, any, any time in, 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 I mean, Kelly's been with us for well over a year now. You can go back and listen to any of those episodes by just going to the website, rushtoreason.com. And Steve, even prior to that, you and I were talking about things all the way back into the, you know, literally March of 2020 and all of those are recorded as well. Yeah. Right up until Charlie called me on the back line and said, you're not smart enough. Go get a doctor. <laughs> and then Steve went and found Dr. Kelly for us. No, just that's not true at all. Well, well, well the, the other thing that's really important for me to mention, John, is everything that I'm saying here, this is not my opinion. Right. I'm not giving you my opinion. I, you know, I am quoting the statistics and the data from studies. If you want, if people want to disagree with me, great, get the study, read it, and tell me why you think my interpretation of the study is wrong, why I uh, misunderstood the data, why I under or overestimated something, and we'll have that discussion. Um, but this is not, you know, to be misperceived as my opinion on these things. Steve and I are talking about studies. We both try to send to you, John, studies that we come across and Mm -hmm. you do the same and send them our way. We are looking at things. All of these things are listed on uh, the website that I'm associated with, earlycovidcare.org. We, you know, list and and have all of these peer-reviewed studies uh, up there. There are hundreds of studies debunking the efficacy, for example, of masks uh, for the control of respiratory viruses. So again, it's not my personal opinion or, or my, you know, pet pet theory on something uh this is based on data and if people want to argue the data with me i'm happy to do that one last question before we let you go there no go ahead steve go ahead one quick thing kelly i think the problem is it's not that we there's not plenty of studies out there is that many people try to discredit the studies based on the source of the study 
And and mm. I am so tired of hearing that. Good but, point. Okay, so I should believe a guy on CNN who's a part-time doctor versus researchers in Taiwan, researchers in the U.S., researchers in Germany, et cetera. We have to make sure people realize these are serious researchers doing serious work. Stop questioning it. Find yep. a study that contradicts it and let us, let us talk. Great point. It. Great point. All right. We got, exactly. I got about exactly. two minutes is all, uh, Kelly, not even that long. I've maybe got one minute. Really quickly, Langia, it's a new virus. Should we be worried about it or what do you know about it? It's just come across my my radar. No, if you want to, you know, if you're desperate to worry about something, <laughs> truly, I've got a list of things to give you. You know, try drug resistant TVs right up there. Okay, I mean, there's things I could give polio. you to worry about. Yeah, um, yeah, pol- yeah, pol- resurgence of polio because of the number of people who have failed to vaccinate their children uh, for polio. Those sorts of things. This new virus, you know, is not something that I'd be worrying about. I wouldn't be worrying about monkeypox, as I said, again, unless you are in that community of people who is participating in certain behaviors. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm simply saying you're the risk people. And if you don't want to be exposed or at risk for monkeypox, you should curtail that particular behavior until it goes away. All right, folks, that's it. It goes by really, really fast. Always does. Dr. Kelly Victory, thank you so much. Steve House, you as well. You're the one that, you know, the brainchild to put all this together. I keep saying that, but I really mean that. Thank you, Steve, for doing it. Hey, John, you know what? One last thing. If we could find one more vaccine to talk about, we could have Robert F. Kennedy on the show with us. Yeah, there you go. Good one. Good and then one. Kelly could really debate with us. Yeah, we get going. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny. I've known him for many, many, many years, and we agree on almost nothing politically, but we are in total lockstep when it comes to our feelings about uh, this this COVID vaccine. Uh, It has really been a bonding thing for us that we we agree on this particular thing. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Steve, I appreciate it. Dr. Kelly as well. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. And uh, up next, Veteran Windows and Doors. Uh, Have Dave out. Find out what he can do for you when it comes to your windows and doors. 303-529-0720. When you first heard about Veteran Windows and Doors, you were excited about their company culture. Finally, a company that treats you like a real person that doesn't employ pushy sales reps or the use of high-pressure sales tactics. You've worked with the big national companies that focus on making the most sales and getting their products installed as quickly as possible. And you knew, after just one experience, that Veteran Windows and Doors isn't concerned with being the most profitable window and door company. Everything they did came back to their sincere intention to add value, comfort, and energy efficiency to your home through products and installation that they stand behind. Don't pay twice as much with a national brand, only to get a limited warranty. Pay an honest price and know your investment is covered for as long as you live in the home. Contact Veteran Windows and Doors at kldradio.com slash windows today or call 303-529-0720. That's 303-529-0720. K&R Home Transitions, uh, the ladies would love to help you with that transition up, down, sideways. doesn't matter what you're doing as far as your move. Give them a call to help you through the entire process with hands-on service. 720-437-8210. Renting is not an investment. Catherine and Robin, co-founders of K&R Home Transitions, want you to focus on building your wealth through a home purchase. By continuing to rent from others, you're robbing yourself of an investment that gives you potential to grow your wealth. Equity is capital in your home, and you can build that equity up over time. 
You want to increase your financial worth, so why not also do that with your home too? With help from K&R Home Transitions, you can learn how to climb the property ladder to turn a profit. Once you're invested, you can use your equity to keep moving upward with help from Catherine and Robin at K&R Home Transitions. Get ideas that build the financial momentum of your home investment with experts like Catherine and Robin. So, kick off your journey and start building your wealth wisely with K&R Home Transitions. Visit klzradio.com home to invest in your home. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, folks, again, if you missed any of that hour, you can listen to it tonight between 6 and 7 p.m. I know a lot of you will come back in and listen to it again, which because if you miss something, you can re, you know, you can catch it again that way. Also, though, remember, you don't have to be sitting right next to the radio. You can go to the website, rushtoreason.com, click on the Dr. Kelly area, that page, and it's all listed there. It's, and also in the show notes section as well. So don't feel like if you didn't, if you missed something this last hour, you have to listen between 6 and 7. If you are, thank you. But don't feel like you have to be. You can actually go back and listen to that on the website as well. Hour 2 is next. Don't go anywhere. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.